Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. Other Brum Radio podcasts are available at brumradio.com. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Hello, George. Hello, David. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Keith. Hello. Hello, Philip. Hello. Hello, Callum. Alright. Have you finished your cake yet, Guy? I'm eating a bake well. <laughs> it's a festive bake well. I don't understand it's how it's festive. It's, sprinkles yeah. on, it's, it's sprinkles. It's festive because we've taken away the cherry. Sprinkles like make everything screwed. festive, apparently. <laughs> Not a big fan of bake wells. Well, why are you I prefer to the cherry on top. Well, I was going to go prefer... for a festive log, but they've all gone. <laughs> I prefer the cherry bake cause. Cherry bake cause some more flavour to mm-hmm. Sprinkles don't have flavour. Food tips from Callum. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you this week, going? Are you serious? I've got food in my mouth. Come back to me. <laughs> how are you this week, Keith? I'm fine and dandy. Thank you very much. Been up to anything exciting? No. <laughs> no, not yet. No exciting adventures this week. No buses, stories. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for the return of bus life. Go on. It's not a good one. Dun, dun, <laughs> Although I'm, I'm, I'm currently engaged in a long-scale debate about certain services in our city. I'm sure I saw on your social media you were having a war with a particular yes. person oh, well, and yeah. trying to incite the, tra- the passengers well, the, uh, the, in dis- open dis- revolt. Yeah, mutiny is, is, the, is the word we're looking for. And I was, a very, I was very disappointed that my fellow passengers failed to support me on my uh, action to, to remain on a bus that went out of service before it got to its destination. And um, just, just the idea of, like, if we don't, if we don't get off, he can't go anywhere... And even when the police turn up, it's like, I'll take the hit for you. You know, I'm quite happy to, to say the reason we're mutiny on this bus is because of what's happening. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm engaged Wait, currently what? in a, in a, um, in a um, potential uh, public transport uprising. So, 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 so why exactly didn't you want to or couldn't you just get off of this bus and get on to the next one? Because the bus I get on is the bus that I had paid by contract with a non-transferable ticket <laughs> to the destination advertised on the front of said bus when I got it. So what did they say when you said to them about this? Like, and did went, you just I, come to them like, I want my money back? Um, oh, well, we haven't, got, we haven't got to the end of that. Also engaged in this conversation is the fact that they owe me an hour's worth of work time because I lost an hour of work as a result, so they need to pay me for that lost time, which is an ongoing debate as well. Um, What's your hourly rate? I'm not prepared to disclose that online (laughs) (laughs) at this time. Also as well because I might not be asking them for exactly what it is that I get paid. (laughs) But, you know, it's it's costs on top. You know, it's like a court case. You know, it's... it's, It's damages. It's it's damages. It's emotional damages, yeah. And also the the, the time it takes me to kind of go online and and write all of this stuff up (laughs) and then delete what I've written originally and put something that's actually (laughs) rational and reasonable in there instead. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm com- currently on a crusade to improve uh, customer service and quality of service in public transport in our city, our fine city, which needs public transport now more than ever because it's impossible to walk across it. Phil, anything exciting with yourself? Well, Anything, okay. are you leaving, are you leaving public transport passengers in an open revolt? Oh, I mean, I, I don't. I, uh, no. Well, you don't do public I transport. I don't do public transport, <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Would you um, need Uber vi- drivers in Uber? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week I um, I interviewed the curator of the brand new um, exhibition at BMAG, 
um, which is an exploration, it's called Coming Out, it's an exploration of sexuality, gender and identity. It's got pieces by um, Andy Warhol, David Hockney, uh, Grayson Perry, Tracy Emin, and uh, just it's it's really really cool and, and I, I encourage everyone to go and see it. Tracy Emin's bed's not there, is it? It's not. No, it's um it's one of her neon works, which I think are really really cool. Um, so I got a sneak peek at that, which was awesome. And then also sort of more emotionally harrowing this week for the first time, I watched a little film called John Wick, oh. which. I can only describe as Don't look on Keith's face right now. Which I can only describe as Marley and Me as directed by Quentin Tarantino. So I was like, I was like, oh, it, it, it just been added to Netflix, so it came up on the top of my screen. I was like, oh well, you know, it's sort of only an hour and a half long. I'll watch that while I'm, you know, cooking Can't dinner. Still looking good. Yeah, he, he really is. I mean, John Wick could beat me to death. In I bless him is all I'm saying. Um, so so I, I was watching the film, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll just I'll have it on while I'm having dinner. Uh, you know, sort of an easy watch, and then obviously the character gets a puppy, and I'm like, okay, immediately I am emotionally invested. Not just any normal puppy, but the most a beautiful, beautiful puppy. And so from that moment on, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, no spoilers for anyone who's yet to see it. It's on Netflix now. Go and watch it. But I was in, and I barely survived that film. <laughs> I nearly died from dehydration because I was just blubbing. <laughs> And then, but blubbing, and then, and sort of, and then a minute later, I'd be like, "This is so silly. This film makes no sense. The mythology, the internal mythology of this movie makes zero sense. It's like the first rule of Assassin Hotel is that you know you don't talk about Assassin Hotel and you have to be checked out by ten a.m. It's just, <laughs> but I, it's sort of yeah, it, it, I, I'm, I'm yeah, it just sort of creates this whole world in which to have basically a very simplistic smackdown John story. John Wick Two fills quite a lot of the blanks in on that. So yeah, so I, I it did leave me wanting to learn more about the character and the world. So obviously, yeah, job done. Uh, but it's got, I mean, considering it's a very, the story's very, very simplistic. It's literally one A plot, um, but it's got some fantastic character actors in it. And I, uh, yeah, it was sort of, I was pleasantly surprised uh, and also emotionally destroyed, <laughs> uh, you know, um, respectively by, by this movie. So that was my week. <laughs> Dave? From your social media, I believe you bought some more plastic crack. Yes, the uh, <laughs> crack, 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 crack. Yeah, yes, the uh, the X-wing collection is ever growing and ever ever expensive. It's I'm sure George will disarm me at some point after I spend far too much money on it. The X-wing is fine because they're pretty. I'm, I'm less enamoured towards the row of tiny wrestlers I've currently got on top of my bookcase. <laughs> I, I thought it was more the giant Gundam that you bought. Oh, Dave. well, there's that one as well, but. Um, just to give you a heads up, you've got a wedding to pay for. Not, not, not any time soon. <laughs> you, you could always dress up your tiny wrestlers like ushers and stuff. That'd be quite funny. Exactly. I did quite like, It made me want to... This is on the cake. Have them as a figure. I just thought of <laughs> Tina Turner as well. I was I was there with the tiny wrestler, a wrestler for money. It's a good stuff. I've I just like got it. this image now of <laughs> Gundam. What a tune. <laughs> I think, and we I've can... got an image now of Gundam's just down the aisle. But, but just, oh, dude, it's going to be in the bedroom. Like, it's going to line them all up on like the floor like that. Everybody. Everybody in the house of love, everybody in the house of love. They could all hold... You're all day, they're going to hire you. They could all be holding little tea lights and everything as well, couldn't they? Uh, they working this say, so I know a DJ, I know a minister, I've got this all going on with shit. <laughs> um, you can do all the art. So you bought a giant Gundam model? Uh, no, no, to be fair, it wasn't one of the giant ones. I, I cannot, as much as I'd love one, I cannot justify the cost. 
But yeah, picked up the real grade Unicorn Gundam, which goes with my Sinanju. Even though I've still not watched the series, but beautiful models and really enjoying building it. But yeah, let's say other than that, it's just been a quiet week. To be fair, we're quite very busy at work, so working lots of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. George, anything exciting? I'm quite enjoying the day. It's waking lots of hours, so I can watch crap on Netflix with no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> have you have... ruined his Netflix queue list now? No, oh, no, we have separate. Uh, so mostly, so I keep to a happy with... relationship. Bad, I think. <laughs> exactly, so I don't end up with Power Rangers and nonsense left and right. There is nothing <laughs> wrong with Power Rangers <laughs> apart from the new movie. No, you're wrong. There's nothing wrong with the new movie. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Into the generation gap, we all So fall. many things wrong with the new movie. Right, no, the new movie was the... Sorry, complete tangent, but the new movie was the right direction for the franchise to take because it's still going as a TV show. So if you want campy, you've got campy. For those who are a bit older, who've seen it all and want something more serious, you've got that. Costumes, Everyone's happy. Their costumes look worse than the cyborg costumes. Now all we need is an R-rated Power Rangers movie or TV show and we're all set be fantastic as, as an aside and, and going back to another film that we've been talking about recently what is it with costumes in movies that they've all got to be pokey and like bitty and all made of like they, you're going to get snagged on god knows what <laughs> you couldn't walk through a bead curtain in one of those suits you're just going to get all tangled up you couldn't walk through a department store you're just like trailing jumpers behind yeah, why, why have all the super suits now got to be all like jagged and pokey and like, because it's you know, gritty and uh, no, they should be smooth and shiny. No, because like a dolphin. That's not practical. Yeah, that's sleep. not practical, though. It like, is. What do you think? If you're going to go into a big fight, you need some like big, heavy we, we like, all, armor. We all got told this during The Incredibles, the first film. Yes. No capes. No capes. No capes. No capes. Oh, but they're not. They're not spiky suits. They're not sticky out, jaggedy bit suits that have got things poking out everywhere. It's like no, flash. I, and I think it's more the fact that they serve no practical purpose. I mean. Batman having spikes in his gauntlets makes sense because he fights hand to hand quite a lot. But I think it just devolves too much. Anyway, back to Josh. <laughs> Is it my turn now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, generally not uh, the, the most exciting week. I did, however, and I did share this story with you guys in the, the group chat, but I did see the most <laughs> spectacular case <laughs> of public falling over that I've ever seen in all my life. Was, did she go full amazing. scorpion? Did the legs go over the back? I mean, pretty much. This poor girl, her and her uh, boyfriend were trying to sprint across the road in front of the tram. And it's the Christmas market's on, there's about a million people everywhere. The tram was pretty close, clearly they thought they had enough time. He made it across the road, she tripped and went full, flat on her face. Handbag <laughs> contents spilled everywhere, the tram brakes are squealing, there's this group of teenage idiots over the other side of the road screeching like this girl was going to die. The best part though, the boyfriend, poor girl has also winded herself, she can't get up, she's just lying there looking shocked. And the boyfriend walks past her, picks up her debit card, goes back to the pavement and stands there and waits for her to piss herself up. I mean, Just at please. least he made sure that no one took her debit card. Oh, well, no. Well, so she wasn't ever going to have, like, her money yeah. stolen. Oh, no, that was blatantly a joint account yes. card. Okay. I was saying, yeah, to be <laughs> yeah. fair, we, we, you know, you, you say boyfriend, possibly ex now. I mean, maybe, yeah. She wasn't very Well, patient. at least he didn't he take his phone out and there. do a Snapchat selfie with yeah, her sprawled on the floor. You know, it, it's All of this is making me sound like a really bad boyfriend, so I'm like, what would I do in this situation? You would take a Snapchat selfie. I would take a Snapchat selfie. <laughs> it's always, it's always <laughs> great when you see someone stack it in public. <laughs> It's like it's it a great amazing. moment. If you see someone stack it in public, feel free to take a selfie with them and send it to. I just laugh at them. I do, yeah. I'll, it I'll is the, the Sharon crowd, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. And she was okay. Like she, she got up and was fine, and but, so it, it, we're allowed to laugh at it because she was totally all right and unharmed apart from her dignity. But it was beautiful. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> right, what have you been up to? Not a great deal, but I, uh, I, I had, I discovered something amazing at work about one of my colleagues. So I, obviously, we know I've had a bit of a problem with my ear. It's gone slightly muffled, it's a little bit deaf occasionally. He was saying something to me, I couldn't quite hear him. Uh, and then he started talking to me, and he was saying, oh, "Well, I know sign language." And he said, like, he started going A E, and then he was like totally baffled. He couldn't remember A E I O U. And I was like, are you joking? And right, he, could he, you by the sound of that? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like literally baffled. He was trying to work it out. And I was like, do you know the actual alphabet? And he said, yeah, yeah, I know the alphabet. He started going for the alphabet and he forgot W. <laughs> and I was like, you're my senior and you don't even know that W is a letter in the alphabet. <laughs> it was shocking. I had so bad that I had to send him the letter land ABC to his email. I said, let me want to go home and practice this. I'm sorry, but W is the stupidest, laziest letter it's like, what can we name it? Oh, let's name it after another letter. Just to put two of them together, like double U. Also, oh, and genius. it's two Vs it's, as well. Which is why <laughs> it works better in French when they because it's it's double V. Yeah, 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 it's yeah double that's v. better. Yeah. So, so I'm working with an idiot, basically. <laughs> You're working with somebody who only knows twenty five of the alphabet. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I, 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 I dread to ask him. That's still over. That's still over ninety percent. The quick boon fox. <laughs> But if we if we got you still you struggle with the counting to ten thing as well, don't you guys? <laughs> well, any numbers? When we you have like is that ten thousand meters? I can't, can't, I can't or count meters? big numbers. I can't. I can't. What's a big number to you? Uh, <laughs> to I don't go know, one, two, three, like many. Six, six digits, maybe five, six digits. I can't. I struggle to say what it is. So what's a uh, number one with five zeros after it? <laughs> oh wow! A million. <laughs> Hundred thousand. Okay. See, I it's big numbers. Like, it was close. Get to a thousand. Get, get to a thousand. I was like, screw And that. that's why guy isn't doing the budget this year. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me, however, I can afford it to loan guy a hundred thousand pounds and then demand a million back and repay. Because <laughs> he's not going to know. <laughs> right. I discovered a secret little side world of geek this week at work. Ooh. So quite a few of the people I work with on my team have young children. And they're in birthday party season. So everybody knows nine Where is months, this going? Nine months after February the 14th, mm-hmm. a lot of babies get born. And a lot of parties. Apparently the thing now to have at your children's birthday party is somebody turn up dressed in a superhero or Disney outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I went to one where there was an Elsa there. And that's the case. Was that not you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a prince and princess's party and I showed up wearing my own crown. <laughs> <laughs> But this Sorry, seems, Percy. But this seems to be a thing now where low-effort low superhero cosplay... Not even cosplay, I'd say. It's just shop-bought costumes. Turn up with a speaker and dance at children's parties. I don't think this is a new trend. I'm pretty sure this has been a thing for a while. Because yeah, Frozen's been popular for years. Yeah. So, I, I just superheroes... Don't, I understand the point of it, but... Yeah. I think you're very late to this trend. But, but kids are stupid, so they don't have to make an effort. Kids are really dumb. They think yeah. that a fat man comes down the chimney and gives them free stuff. Not all children are dumb. There is, there is, I, there's a child that like, you know, lives somewhere near us that I just want to go and rescue. Uh, there's, oh, God, there's always yeah. these same two women on my bus in the morning, and they're awful. They're those terrible. They talk too loudly and reveal their terrible selves. 
and one of them, their young daughter, was coming out to her birthday, and she desperately, desperately wants a Guardians of the Galaxy birthday party. But because she's a girl, her mother won't let her, because all, not, all, not the other little girls don't like Guardians of the Galaxy, and she should have something that everybody likes, which is princesses. Oh, I it's... wanted to get up and hit this woman, like, no, no, let your child like what she likes. If she likes Guardians of the Galaxy, that's fine. What? Yeah, Shall we show you Phyllis on the mummy blogger that you met a few like weeks ago? What's the story? What's the this? one who was out with Laura and she told Laura about? <gasps> oh gosh, yeah, that, that was an interesting. That was one. the cringiest moment I think for a while. A blogger friend of ours was at another event, uh, and another blogger realised that this. this Laura was recently married and turned to her and told her that she should have children soon because what's it the purpose of being a woman in this world is to have children. Wow. <laughs> That's not a thing that happens. Wow. Uh. I still can't believe people don't like get their head around children are an option, not yeah. a mandatory yeah. thing. I feel I should point out this woman was meeting Laura for the first time that evening. So for all If you knew Laura. Laura. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or even if she didn't, Laura could have been going through some, you know, horrible IVF experience or something, but, you know, who knows? Why would you say that to yeah, someone met just... about ten minutes ago? Why didn't you Why? say it to you? Because <laughs> I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But also, is that the thing that you say to people that you're meeting for the first Apparently time? Apparently so. so do you, am I the only one that does this? Do you not just go around to random people and ask why they don't have children? As a, gen- as a general rule, are no. a curious thing to me because They're a strange breed. children is not something that me and Viv are interested in. We've got niece and nephew. You've got there. me. Yeah, we've got, got God. We have Callan now. He's <laughs> <laughs> extending. We have enough children to look after as it is. But turning your child into a source of content without their consent or knowledge you know yeah. well i think the i think the consent one's a weird one because even if a child consents it's like can they really consent no. like at that I, know, age? I know someone i follow on twitter does a podcast with her toddler Ugh. and it's like and she's like oh you know she really enjoys it i'm like well she's enjoying because like she's spending time with her mum but like when she's a grown up and she, her, she already has this entire online brand and presence that she has no control over, yeah. and, well, and it's, it's going to be thing. years and years of content. It's, it's treating children as property, basically, yeah. rather yeah. than treating them as a child. It's treating them as property. The first case not long ago, there was a case um, I think it was in Australia where uh, a woman successfully sued to for, make, make her parents take down. She was kind of the first of that generation mm. where everybody posts everything to make her parents have to take down all of this imagery that they've been posting throughout her life because saying it, she wasn't in a position where she was able to consent and once she reached an age where she had understanding, she didn't really want her entire life all over the internet. Yeah. And, and also there's, through successfully. there's the new thing of people humiliating their children as like part of a prank. Yeah. Oh, that, that, I, that, I, that, and recording, recording them like, and it's just like, it's really cruel. That yeah. for me, that for me goes like above the weird thing of like having your children like have an online presence and profiting from it. That's yeah. a whole other level of weird and inappropriate to me. Now, talking of the age of consent, Cal, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> I do not like that segue. That sounds... I'm hoping... Is that, is that a joke about me being young? Or? Yes. Okay, okay. Good, I do good, hope good. that at least part of this story is him being refused alcohol in supermarkets. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think I've ever... Again, alcohol legal at 18. What's it? Ask 25 crap. Like, that's a seven-year age difference. That's a considerable... considerable it's just, be, it's just because, like, some 18-year-olds don't look 
you know what? Well, I'm sat next to one. Yeah, tell, it's fun. hard to yeah. tell a 16 year old from like an 18 year old because they all look really yeah. similar. I think they should just lower the, get rid of the age limit, drop it down to like 15, 16. So you want like toddlers to walk in and get a pick of a bottle of cider? <laughs> no, but drop it down That's to like. That's how it life. <laughs> I was barred from a Sainsbury's once because I bought a load of booze for me and my mates and I was the only one who could get served. And then I, I was literally like caught. Distributing it outside the front door. Why did you do it right outside the front door? Well, no, it was just like that. They were just. I mean, I was only like fifteen. Don't do that, kids. It's illegal, apparently. Get get someone you know who's of legal age to buy it because that's completely legal. No, age of fourteen, you're allowed to drink in a pub with meal. I thought it was younger than that. Yeah, it's 14. I know, I know you can drink it, uh, with your parents' permission from like five or something stupid. Maybe in France. <laughs> Weird news. Right, usual. Got three, pick two. Starting off, BBC News website. Bad sex in fiction. Sir Vince Cable too good to be considered for an award. Asia one. Marriages to anime wives recognised by Japanese con- company. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> And the Dundee Evening Express. Rival beard festivals to be held in Aberdeen after organisers fall out. Can I want that one. Beard festivals. Yeah. Okay. Although, can I ask a question about the animal wives? Does it count if you're a penguin? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. now he's passed away. Depends on the will. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I've got to say, though, that, that first story, there's, there's, words in that se- there's words in that headline that do not belong together. Mainly right. Vince Cable and um, sex. No. Yeah, I, I, I want to hear the Vince Cable one. Shall we do beards or anime, then? Beards. 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 Oh, beards. Right, so this is by Dale Haslam, and you can find more information on eveningexpress.co.uk. Beard wars have broken out in Aberdeen. So the city will now have two festivals celebrating hairy faces. More than 200 people visited the Granite City Beer and Moustache Festival last year, the city's first ever, in August for the weird and wacky event at Parkway Bar and Lounge on Balgowney Road, Bridge of Don. Guests entered contestants such as Best Freestyle Beard, Best Moustache, and there were dozens of stalls selling goodies such as moustache preening gadgets. The event was organised by Scott Thompson and Kev Clark, who met several years ago as Kev was a customer at Scott's firm, Lumberjack Inc. Grooming Products. Their combined talents made the festival a success, but they've since had a parting of ways. Kev, who works in security for an oil and gas firm, said he has now set up a rival festival called Granite City Beard Fest, which will take place on May 6, 2018, and there will also be a Christmas quiz on December the 21st. Sorry, how could you have a Christmas quiz about beards? Uh, Santa calls his beard? Yeah, Santa. This is for men who believe that having facial hair is enough of a substitute for a real personality. (laughs) Is that why you drew a beard? (laughs) 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 Fight! 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 I feel like I just took a bullet. (laughs) No, it's because it's the only thing that gives me a definable jawline. Scott, meanwhile, plans to host the next Granite City Beard and Moustache Festival at some point after Christmas, as well as a tour of festivals. He said, Kev stole my idea and event name after working for me. I ran a second event called Old Reeky Beard Fest in Edinburgh a few weeks ago, and I have plans to run another six around the UK. It's a shame somebody who was once a friend has decided not to only steal my idea, but even hasn't even got the creativity to call it something else. Kev said in response, I reject that accusation. Scott and I came up with the name of the festival together. The name was never trademarked before, but I have trademarked it now. Scott saw the festival was profitable and decided he didn't need me anymore. The new festival is my way of showing that I can do it better. 
this is pathetic, have a shave, and this whole business is dealt with. <laughs> Unbelievable. I like the moustaches just seem to get cast aside on this. <laughs> For somebody who's grown a moustache for Movember, the moustache people just don't get enough representation in this beard community. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for that. I want to know what a freestyle beard is that you can apparently win a prize for. What is a freestyle beard? Maybe Does it's got it like miniature Maybe. DJ decks in it. It's just scratching away now. Isn't it like when most people have like those stupid ones where they turn it into like a bird cage on their head? Probably. <laughs> right. Are we going with cable sex? Cable sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the BBC News. It's a reputable news source. It's not just me. <laughs> is it? So Vince Cable won't be considered for 2017 Bad Sex in Fiction Award because his writing isn't terrible enough. <laughs> the literary review which organised the prize said his thriller Open Arms had received many nominations but wasn't ultimately shortlisted. That means he will not be able to convince, uh, compete against the likes of Wilbur Smith's War Cry, one of the six nominees announced so far. In it, a male character said he wants to explore his lover, like Dr. Slivingstone and Mr. Stanley exploring Africa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wilbur. <coughs> the same passage from Smith's novel, co-written by David Churchill, refers to nipples standing up proudly as little guardsmen on parade. Can we get a copy of this? Another shortlisted work, The Future Won't Be Long, by Turkish-American author Jarrett Kobeck, likened sexual intercourse to a pulsing wave, a holy burst, and a congress of wonder. The third nominee, The Seventh Function of Language by Francis Laurent Binet, features a man wooing a woman with the words, let's construct an assemblage. (laughs) (laughs) Their lovemaking continues until they reach the point of impact where the two desiring machines collide in an atomic explosion. In her debut novel, Mother of Darkness, Venetia Wellsby writes about the character called Terra, who moans in colours as her lover approaches. Moans in colours? Moans in colours. Synesthesia. It was as if a Catherine wheel had been ignited in my solar plexus, muses the character in another passage from the book singled out for consideration. Organisers say the purpose is to, of the prize is to draw attention to poorly written, perfunctory or redundant passages in a sexual description in modern fiction. That sound better, it made that sound very dry. The award, whose recent winners include Morrissey's debut novel, List of the Lost, does not cover pornographic or expressly erotic literature. The winner of the last prize last year went to... Italian author Eri De Luca and will be announced in central London on the 30th of November. The venue, the Naval and Military Club, also known as the In and Out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got some, uh, I've got some McFadden watch. It's been a while. He's back. Keith, can I get an ident for McFadden watch, please? Which one? Who's he? Phil. Phil Mitchell. Phil from EastEnders. All right, hang on. Thanks, No, no, no. <laughs> There's a copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for me. You might know me as Phil. Keep an eye out. It's McFadden Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming to EastEnders in 2018, Keith Bloomfield. <laughs> Buy my oranges and lemons off my market stall with my chip shop. Okay, so this uh, this news comes to the Metro, but it's actually going, been going around a bit viral online this week. Uh, we knew that Steve McFadden isn't just Phil Mitchell and EastEnders. <laughs> We've come to terms with a start. For also, he uh, for a start, he's also a god daddy to baby penguins. Now that's a link to another story, which seems like a hell of a story to be honest. Uh, well, go. Oh, we'll come back to that. However, one guy's we never thought we'd see the Walford Harman in was that of a country singer. 
One genius Twitter user has spotted a performer who is the absolute double of Phil to the point where we've done several double takes to make sure it isn't Steve. And they've even tweeted the guy who plays Phil Mitchell's son, Ben Mitchell. Which one? Out of the 64 Yeah, which ranches. one of them? To say, this guy, is this guy your dad? Genuinely, this is the picture. That, that is Phil Mitchell in a cat Stetson. <laughs> what is this name of this road country in Western Sydney? Do you know I don't think they named is him. Is it Duke Silver? Uh, Tracy Lawrence. Uh, we need, we isn't need... this just the plot to an episode of Parks and Recreation with Ron yeah. Swanson moonlighting on the side? I don't know if like, Phil has like realised yet that he looks like this guy. Maybe it actually is. I Phil. need to get them together. That'd be amazing. I like the picture they've used of Phil Mitchell here, so him in agony on the ground as well. <laughs> Can I just ask a question? Why yeah. is it he looks like Phil and not Phil looks like him? <laughs> At which point, where, who's got dominancy here? How about poor Steve McFadden? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> who's him? <laughs> He's the one who looks a bit like Phil Mitchell. <laughs> back, back to the... I was in Panto last year. Back to the penguins. This is like a connected story. Uh, Phil Mitchell star Steve McFadden becomes godfather to baby penguins. Maybe it's the one with the manga wife. Uh, beneath that tough and fearsome film which will look Steve McFadden is just a softy at heart these tender act of a sense of godfather to two baby penguin, penguins after pictures of him visiting the Birmingham Sea Life Centre went viral this year that's when he was in Panther <laughs> and he had a visit to the Sea Life Centre during his break from the show the star was all smiles as he checked out the wildlife an image of something grinning near Pendry. penguins proved particularly popular that's a bit weird <laughs> was it just you retweeting and liking multiple times from all your side accounts well, I mean, though, for the thing is, he's got, like, a picture next to a uh, turtle and stuff here, so it's kind of like, why is he... Why is just the penguins? Because penguins are cool. Mm-hmm. And the, the artist... Well, they have to be, to considering where they live. Yeah, but it's got nothing oh. to do with McFadden. It's just people like pictures of penguins. He just happens to be in the same picture. The article goes on to say they'd be missing a trick if they didn't name the penguins Phil and Grant. <laughs> right, so, MCM Birmingham, which... Myself, Callum, Keith, George and Dave went down to a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's the first festival since Readpop bought the MTM group of conventions. Mm. And slightly different feel to the previous ones. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are we feeling about MTM this year? I really enjoyed it. I liked being over the, the other side of the AC. Um, the layout didn't really work for me, but it was nice to see it busier. And the yeah. standard of the cosplay this year was top notch. Mm. There were yeah. some truly amazing costumes going around and very impressive work. Yeah, it was really enjoyable week. And, you know, as, as always, good to catch up with, with the millions of people that we seem mm. to, to have met over the, our years in cosplay. <laughs> I think we had a point where we just basically every time we went to go and get some food we bumped into someone who knew and I, I feel like when we were walking around with you guys like we'd get about five inches and then we'd bump into someone else you know yeah. and then it'd be like another hour <laughs> and then we'd go another five inches and then it'd be like yeah I, th- I think I think to be fair we did get close to the point where Ryan was ready to chew Callan's arm off <laughs> <laughs> this this body needs maintenance it needs a constant supply of sweets and sugar <laughs> not much meat on those arms my mate <laughs> That's why Ryan keeps you around. That's a little muscle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. Body shaming going on again there, Bloomfield. <laughs> he, wasn't a, he wasn't supposed to I be. I totally regret expected. saying I wanted to sleep with you. <laughs> Look, Callan, this was your first convention as part of the Geeky Brummy crew. Did you enjoy your experience with the press pass? It was a very good experience. I loved having my press pass and I wore it proudly on display. Did he walk around going like, Callan multipass? <laughs> 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 No, it was good though, because it felt, I don't know, it's like, it gives you a sense of power and like, 
What we've created a monster. <laughs> also, also, when people see that you have a press pass, they move out of your way rather than just walking into you. I don't know why. It doesn't happen to me. No. Were you it just like thrusting me. it out in front of you? And like... No, I just had it hanging around my neck. But like, at every other Comic-Con I've gone into, there'd be like people that are just walking to you. They don't move out of your way. But then like, I don't know. Because you're ultimate. They were like, maybe oh they God, think it's Denny from the maybe, room. Get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they think I was going to write some like bad review of them or slag them off. But they you, move. You do look like a nasty piece of work. Yeah. Coming from you. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Keith, how was your experience? Uh, it was huge. We <laughs> <laughs> were asking about the Comic Con. As, as a show, it was. Um, it seemed massive. It the scale funny. just seemed huge. In the, it was four halls. So the, amount, the amount of stuff that was going on was. Actually, no, five halls because it was from eight to twelve, wasn't it? <laughs> the um, the sta- like, like like George and Dave were saying that the standard of cosplay though it's. You don't need anything else. Just fill a room with those cosplayers because most of them, they should be employed by the film industries because their costumes look better than the ones we see on screen. Mm-hmm. Some of them are translations from comics well, or novels, or whatever. There was Stunning. a movie accurate cosplay. There. Yes, uh, I'll hand over to George for this. Well, that's the thing I was going to point out was that it's not so much that they are recreating stuff on screen. They re- lot there are a lot of cosplayers at the moment re- re- recreating things that were never created in the first place because so many of the costumes are CGI now. So nobody actually built them. Then the cosplayers go away and build these things. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, to, to be fair, the ones that stood out for me, King Tad cosplayer who we mentioned on the, on a previous show as the cosplayer of the week. Oh, Ro- Robin, we've met him a couple of times. He's an incredible builder. You know, he's he made, I believe, the first cyborg suit in the world, or something like that. Did he use tinfoil? No. Oh. Um, and equally, like, the one that I insisted Callum get pictures of was um, Tabitha Lyons in, in her Wonder Woman, which was um, that was a build that was sponsored by Warner Brothers using the exact same patterns, etc., that they used to make Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman costume. So yeah, like, like I said, that I, yeah. I watched the build process. That was incredible. I mean, it was a fantastic level. Yeah. I mean, the Saturday was ridiculous. You couldn't move for cosplayers <laughs> pretty much. It was that full. I mean, we always have the five hundred first legion there, UK garrison. Yeah. So there's always a massive load of stormtroopers and Kylo Ren's and Darth Vader's walking around. But there was a great variety this year. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I would like to see a little bit more comics focused stuff. But saying that. It doesn't really bother me because we have got other good events that are much more comics focused. And we did so it's have kind of a good local comics village this time. Yeah. So there's quite a few yeah. local. There's a lot of there. local folks, wasn't it? And now a quick interview with Denise Crosby, recorded at MCM Birmingham, who you may know as Tashi R from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Are you enjoying being at Birmingham MCM Comic Con? Enjoying? What's the atmosphere like today? Oh my God, it's really packed. Everyone's enthusiastic. It's great to be here. I don't think I've been here before. I think this is my first time here. If I'm not, you know, everything it, it just begins to blend, you know. But um, um, it's it's a delight to be here. Of course, you meet the fans. When you do meet them, I'm sure you get the same questions again and again. What are the most common ones? What do people always want to ask you when they get a chance to meet you at events like this? Well, I mean, you know, oftentimes people have sort of grown up watching Star Trek and it's been such a big part of their life. So I think um, the fans really just want to sort of share that with you, you know, get have a chance to be able to express that. Um, 
and uh, I, we, we are, we're all very, truly grateful. Do you see Comic-Con as a, like a catch-up with old friends when they come and join you? Last year we've been um, together at events quite quite a bit because of the anniversary. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> shocking. Yeah, it's it is it is a chance for us to to uh, have a sort of like social evening out together. You know, when you're walking through the hall, yeah, is it weird to see people dressed up as Tasha Yar? You know, not at this point any longer. I mean, <laughs> I've 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 seen it uh, just when I thought I've. You know, pretty much seen it all. Um, somebody will do something that that'll shock me, but for the most part, I really take it to heart. It's very sweet. Is it interesting to still be able to reprise a character? So, with the Star Trek Online universe, where you've gone back and record some of the voice casting for that, is it interesting to when you get the call to say, "Would you like to come back?" Oh, this was this was great. You know, it was really interesting because the part of Sila, I think, um, was was. Uh, much, much more flushed out in the online game. You know, they they do such a terrific job, and um, it was it was really a delight to be able to do that to 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 play Sila and Tasha. You know, and I think I did it in one day. You know, so I was like, you know, Tasha, Sila, Tasha, Sila. You know, it's just really in, a challenge for an actor to do that. Yeah, because it must be interesting because there's not many people in the Star Trek family who've had a chance to play two characters to such an aplomb as yourself. So was it different to like get from Sela to Tasha and back and forth? Yeah, I mean, when I was filming, it was a little bit of an easier transition because pretty much approached it as just a brand new character altogether, you know, the part of Sela. And, but when doing the voice for the game, it wasn't that much space, you know, had gone yeah. different. So it was, it was a little bit trickier to just alter the voice in a way that could... Um, suggest you know that I was you know, now Tasha and then yeah you know, a little bit a little bit more of a challenge. And obviously, it's a really exciting time for Star Trek fans with our new series, and I think having all of the previous series available on Netflix has brought a whole new audience to the show. Um, how do you feel about the legacy of particularly Next Gen looking back? How do you think the show's aged, and and how do you feel about our new series if you've been watching Discovery? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to watch Discovery yet, but I've always asked the fans. I'm talking to the fans a lot about it, and everyone seems to be really um, loving it. So, which is which is all good. You know, people really have a very soft spot for the Next Gen. You know, of all the series, they they just I think a lot of it has to do with the chemistry of the cast, and and you know, it was 25 years had gone by before you know anything new had been made. So I think. It's really a delight. It does hold up a lot of it. The first season's a little dicey for me. I'm I'm doing something interesting. This this uh, where a lot of us are doing a, a cruise in January. There's CBS Viacom has um, an official Star Trek cruise now. Michael Dorn and I are going to dissect Code of Honor. We're going to do a live chat of Code of Honor because it is one of the episodes that we scratch our heads, you know, in that first season going, how, why, <laughs> what happened? But but yeah, there's. The, I think the show has earned its place. I, I recently saw an interview with Maria Sirtis saying that when the cameras were off, all you did was laugh all the time on stage. Directors had trouble with that. Who was the most fun person to work with on the, on the set? Certainly Brent and Jonathan made it, you know, very crazy and fun but we all we all kept um each other entertained spontaneously would just 
do crazy fun things because you know the hours were so long and um, again the season ran for 26 episodes per season which is unheard of you know these days so we spent far more time on that set with each other than with our own families and private you know in our private lives so it was really important to keep a certain tone and even old Patrick Stewart got in on it after a while he, he lightened <laughs> up considerably and learned to have a sense of humor actually when you're traveling around and Star Trek shown everywhere all over the world at one point do you ever just sit down and watch it well, that's my little secret isn't it <laughs> um no I um I, it's funny I I I'll, I'll watch like a moment of it you know if, if I catch it at all I, I haven't gone to that glorious Swanson place yet um, and sit there and watch my old films over and over and over again. No, not there yet. I think obviously the Star Trek series have always been an evolution and I'm curious, how important do you think your character was as a stepping stone to getting to characters like Major Kira and Janeway? Do you think we would have had characters like that in the Star Trek universe if we hadn't had uh, yours initially? I think that Star Trek you know, was, is always a reflection of its its time. And I think that, you know, having a female security chief was exactly in keeping with the times. And I, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a progression. You know, here we are with Discovery having, you know, female leaders, and you don't even really sort of scratch your head. I, I think, though, it's, we still have a long ways to go. So, you know, clearly what what we're seeing reflected in our newspapers every day. We're getting there, baby steps. But yeah, definitely I think Tasha was a stepping stone, for sure. Swapping franchises for a second, how was your time on The Walking Dead? To be honest, I had I wasn't watching The Walking Dead. I had no idea how popular this show had become. They were so lovely to work with and welcoming and embracing. And I think that truly begins with Andrew Lincoln being who he is. He's just a, you know just a lovely human being. They do a great job. They're they're they know what they're doing. They know how to make, you know, turn this out like cinematically within days and everybody's very professional. So, I was I was kept really under wrap. The the show is is very guarded, very secretive. Um, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, <laughs> they didn't even tell me what really what I was doing until yeah. like the day of. Wow. Um, I knew I was wearing a wig. That's pretty much all I knew. It was a really interesting experience in that way, shooting on the fly. It must have been such a completely different experience to something as scripted as Star Trek Next Generation going into the. Right. And yeah, and it was just, um, you know, they, they, they shoot in, um, they shoot very precisely and well in Atlanta. It was just, yeah, it was just great to be part of, again, this this phenomenon. Um, and, uh, you've mentioned before that you'll be working on a third Trekkies documentary. Well, I hope to go to some places that we haven't been. I'd really like to go to, to Asia, sort of see what what's happening in China and various parts of, of Asia. I'd like to check back on my, my um, stars from the first two. I know that Gabriel Kerner, who is, was 14 in Trekkies, he's now doing some opticals and special effects for um, the Orville. He's on that show. <laughs> How complete, you know, I knew it. I told you. I told you back then. Yeah, I'd love to, to check back on, on just go to some places and then talk to the, the new cast, J.J. Abrams actors, Discovery actors, just check in how this is affecting them, 
what Trek looks like to them after this amount of time, and, and then hand it off, and I'll have finished my trilogy. Speaking of Orville for a minute, Jonathan Frakes is involved. I think maybe Roxanne Dawson, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I think she was, uh, directing-wise. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, you ever thought of like emailing Seth and go, fancy bringing Tasha Yar back? <laughs> it wouldn't be Tasha Yar, but I, I, have, um, I have met with those guys oh, about doing a part on okay. the Orville. I think so Robert Picardo's just yes. come back. Oh, has well. he? Okay, on the Orville? Yes. Seth is a big Trekkie, so oh, I'm is, sure yes. he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll find something yeah. you know, for us if we can do it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so would you look at returning to the franchise in a different role then, obviously having played two different characters already in the Star Trek universe? Oh, I think it'd be really great fun, and you know, I think the fans would love it, and, and I hope, yeah, I hope to do it, absolutely. And now a interview with Veronica Taylor, recorded at MCM Birmingham, you may know as the voice of Ash Ketchum from the Pokemon cartoons. Outside of conventions, yeah. how is that experience different to when you're at conventions? Do you get recognised much? Oh no, never at all. Um, I'm pretty invisible, I would say. So how do you feel when you come to a convention like this and the experience is completely different and you have people that are amazed to see you and are like queuing up? Like you had a queue um, earlier that was... It was so long. I find it, it's just overwhelming, really. I'm quite humbled by the fact that people can come to me and spend the time to wait in line, and then we can talk about their childhood and their experiences, and um, just that they trust me with that is, um, I I don't know, there's nothing else like it in the world. Are they all here for Pokemon? Are those people who recognize you for your work outside of it with sort of Yu-Gi-Oh, Sailor Moon, uh, your work as April and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, I would say most people are here for Pokemon uh, because that's how I'm you know I'm in the program as Ash and on uh, the poster but I think people come for other things that they've found on their own or they discover when they're here at the table looking at the characters I've played but um, I think Pokemon's the big draw so that was a yeah. How does the experience differ when you meet fans from all these different, all, all these different shows and all these different time frames? I spoke to you before we were recording, and you said about how you meet three different generations, like grandparents, parents. Yeah, I've had at least three come up to the table, like the grandmother, the parent, and the the child. You know, I think everyone's love for Pokemon is is the same. Everyone has um, invested a bit of themselves, discovered a bit of themselves in it. It's. I don't think it really, that kind of love for Pokemon doesn't seem to vary from age, from um, geography, I guess. Um, I've been around the world and everybody feels the same about it. And we have the same things to begin our conversation and base our friendship yeah. which then can grow from there. So how does it feel, um, conventions in... Because uh, you're from America originally, is that yeah. com- when you come over here to conventions over here, different other countries, is there, like, different customs and stuff that uh, feel different to you? Uh, but- I think people are just different. Some people are a little more polite than others. I think the way the conventions are run is a little bit different in certain yeah. places. But overall, it's, it's the same, you yeah. know? There's just people coming and very excited about what they love and... Um, it, I think Pokemon especially inspires so much creativity and imagination, and I get to see people's drawings and characters they've created, things that they've written. Uh, it's really incredible. And you can, and you feel that yeah. being the inspiration for that. Not me, but I feel like I'm the bridge to that. I mean, Pokemon has opened doors for people in their creativity, and so I'm just kind of the the bridge to get them to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's brilliant. 
And now an interview with Kev from Dark Realities VR, who have just launched on Kickstarter. Well, essentially, Dark Realities is a partnership operation coming to Birmingham between myself and uh, a guy called Jim Sefton, mm-hmm. who runs Games Live Gaming. We both have an events background. I focus quite a lot on technology with being in the Air Force for 22 years. Um, I was playing with VR in the 90s. Technology being what it is now and coming to the fore, virtual reality is going through somewhat of a revival as is augmented reality and mixed reality. So for me, the, the obvious thing was to mix events and virtual reality together and see what the outcome would be. I uh, was lucky enough to have a quick experience on your alpha build that you had at Grange Live Gaming a few weeks ago. And this is a completely kind of different VR experience compared to what's currently available and, as I said, what was available in the 90s. If you think back to a couple of years ago or last year, it, it had all gone quiet for a while, but then Pokemon Go came out and really woke up everyone's ideas of the potential you could actually reach for it. Something else that's been coming up recently is escape rooms. People are looking for a more immersive night out, essentially. Yeah. They want more things to do to become a bit more engrossed and a bit more immersed in their evening entertainment, for want of a better phrase. Let's take that concept and let's put that in a, a world where, that you can't do at home. You physically cannot do this at home. No, um, this is completely different from my own personal VR experience that I've tried over the last couple of years through Geeky Room. We've tried PlayStation VR, we've done HTC Vive, where you're cabled to the ceiling, we've done it via the Oculus Rift, but this, uh, you're using pretty much bleeding edge technology here, which is backpack to run most of the most of the VR experience. Rather than the current systems that are out there, such as uh, the Void or Zero Latency, they use something, I think it's called OptiTrack or something along those lines, where it's outside in technology. So our system is completely different in that it is inside out tracking. It's essentially, the way we do this, we don't have to have line of sight of the sensors. There are no sensors. We can put walls in, we can put doors in, we can put bridges in, it doesn't matter. We can have the um, the players touching things. Everyone's going on about haptic feedback in their gloves and why. Let's just let them have their hands and let them use their hands. It's also the fact that you can play along with other people. Currently, a maximum of four players in any team, and you work together to solve puzzles, which brings us on to the first story that we're calling Mirror. This is a quite a dark story, which goes with the name yes. Dark Realities. So Jim is one of the partners, um, and we've got a great asset in himself. He runs various live-action role-playing scenarios. The the great thing about having Jim on board with this is his experience in that side of things, and the fact he's an absolutely fantastic storyteller is mirror. Brief synopsis, there's been a mass murder in the the building that we're in a number of years ago, and it's been redeveloped. So now this redevelopment guy's gone in, not bothering about the stories, not worrying about the past, redeveloped the actual building, but the day they move in, or the day after they move in, his son goes missing from his own bedroom, and the only clue is the mirror that's in the room has been smashed from the inside so this boy's gone missing the guy spent a lot of money developing suits to put on people to make them go into the darkness to see if they can find out what's happened to this little boy and hopefully rescue him if you give somebody a gun and put them in with zombies they feel invincible they go around shooting zombies you put that same person in with those zombies with a torch it's a different matter it starts becoming a a mind mess Um, you have to really think about what you're doing and the fear factor becomes more chilling and you can feel the spine tingling a little bit as well and that's the that's the effect we want when i got down to try the alpha build you could go and feel um 
the pillars were trees in the virtual reality world and they were right in front of you and you could tell it was a pillar it's, it's blocked out in your vision in there you had the fountain where you could walk around and touch the edge yep. of the fountain but it's going to be brilliant for jump scares I mean there's, it's a 360 degree world it's not like your usual VR experience of where you're pretty much funneled down a corridor here you get the entire environment around you to work with and as you said 6,000 square feet did you say? Yeah 6,000 square foot it's broken into three zones just for the sake of the story and you have to bring people out of VR every 10 to 15 minutes to mm-hmm. give their eyes a rest essentially so yeah. uh, we've worked that into the storyline as well the great thing that I found as well being somebody who wears glasses constantly I don't have a choice of that this is great to have the technology where you can either focus without the glasses or wear the glasses underneath comfortably yeah completely you you literally will be untethered you have a backpack PC on um, we're currently using Oculus headsets um, that might change but currently Oculus is the provider mm-hmm. then essentially you just get to go into the experience and enjoy it and work, work with the teammates thoroughly enjoy the experience but this is a great thing as well as you can do it in a group I mean a lot of VR experiences are single person at the moment because you are tethered to wherever you're broadcasting from I mean and over the HTC Vive setup you need the sensors around you and you get a square that you are not allowed to move PSVR is more you sat down playing through the headset but this is as you said a free roaming experience with a backpack which and you've launched on Kickstarter, so you launched on the 1st of December. This is the probably the cheapest way you can get tickets for Dark Realities Mirror? Yeah, this will definitely be the cheapest. In total, Mirror in Birmingham will run for 60 days. Normal price tickets are £50 per person. You get about an hour's experience in the event, plus there's other things to do and see inside Grange Live Gaming as well, and there'll be a bar and there'll be other things to do too. But essentially, a 50-minute experience, and then we shut it. So if you want that experience and you want it at a cheaper rate, the super early bird tickets will be available for £30. So we're giving away 100 super early bird tickets. We're giving 100 tickets away at £40 and so on and so forth. So, so the get on get quickly. There might be some still yeah. available. Yeah. And then there's corporate packages as well. So we're looking for big corporates that want to bring 40 of their staff down and have big parties and things. We mm-hmm. can we can shut the whole venue down for, for them for a day and see how it goes. Well, this is an experience you're not going to get anywhere else as well. Once we shut it down in Birmingham, we'll move to, the plan is to move to London, Manchester and Glasgow. This is the only chance you'll get to play Mirror in Birmingham. And you've got more fantastic experiences coming up in the future. Not yeah. just Mirror, so keep your eyes peeled yeah. on that one. The beauty about virtual reality, we can put you on Jupiter if we wanted, or on another star system with multiple moons mm-hmm. looking up, um, with aliens chasing you, or <laughs> whatever. You, it's yeah. virtual reality. It's not real. We can make it up as we go along, yeah. and we can just test the boundaries of what you want to do. And where can we find you online if customers want to find more information? Um, we'd love you to visit us at our website, which is www.darkrealities.com. We're on Facebook, Dark Realities VR, and we're also on Twitter at Dark Realities VR. And uh, we've got an Instagram account as well if you want to go on there. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. Look forward to hearing about the complete successful completion of the Kickstarter. Please do. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks for the opportunity, and um, hello to everyone out there that listens to you. Absolutely pleasure to meet you. I'm glad you could come and experience it as well because yeah. your reaction was absolutely fantastic too. So that's darkrealities.com. You can find all the information and links through to Kickstarter on there. Ryan, would you like to grab my box? Uh, uh, both of your boxes. Thanks. Right, so... So, do you want to explain what these are? Yes, as we were there, there is lots and lots of geeky merchandise floating around these events. Uh, Funko Pops galore. You can usually find ones for your collection that you're missing, as I picked one up. How much money do you think spent on Funko Pops over the course of that weekend? Probably about 80% of the total revenue would be Funko Pops. What's, yes. a, what's a Funko Pop? Behind you. Oh, right. A yeah. Funko okay. Pop vinyl.
Was that sarcasm? It was. <laughs> Failed miserably. I was like, I was like, like a fa- fa- like I'd fallen down in front of a tram. <laughs> anyway, and the biggest thing that is on the convention scene at the moment is mystery. <laughs> it's mystery boxes. There seems to be tons of them floating around. So uh, Z box were there. Who's Zabby? And they have two varieties. So you got the Z box itself and my geek box. So I purchased some with my own five pounds. Are these are only each, five up? each. Yes, That's not bad. And we have photographic proof that I actually purchased these. You did. Yep. I made sure we got that. <laughs> you didn't steal them. I'll be disappointed if this box isn't full of the tattiest McDonald's crap like Guy and Phil bought last time. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We feel we should start our own store next year and just Honestly, pop that off. Yeah. I'm still trying to get rid of that. That Jar Jar head will not leave my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That was all sticky as well. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a, a personal low for me, kind of rummaging through those boxes on the floor. I was just like, how did I get here? <laughs> the things like, you, you know, do for geeky rummaging. You know, like oh. when your hand feels dirty after you've looked through a charity shop or like yeah. a, a cheap pound shop, about like that. All right, we're not as well, we're not all that, but but this is high quality tap that we have at these events here. Not safe. There wasn't enough crap for us to do a proper five pound tap challenge. No, to be to be fair, this. Like a lot of the time, like yeah. stall, the standard stall was quite good. Right, so are we ready to delve into the Z box? Yes. Yeah, man. Oh, you're bringing it out one item at a time. <laughs> but what is that? Oh, oh, that looks like some sort of figure. It is a Walking Dead construction kit by Muc- by mm. actually from McFarland Toys. I'll give that to Keith. He's a re- reputable Look, brand. I'm not going to. I'm not going to yeah. build it instantly, but. McFarlane are usually, usually... What figure is it? Stuff, so. Next item. A Joker Z-Box exclusive pin badge with just that. Oh, that's quite cool. Uh, hang on, it's, it's, it's Suicide Squad, Callum. Yeah, yeah I'll, have that. I'll have that. Is it just me? Or is it a thing at the moment? Pin badges are becoming a really yeah, big... They're, yeah, they're really yeah, coming back, yeah. Right, I'm keeping this for myself. It is a Doctor Who Sonic Spork. <laughs> can, you Sonic Sonic can we see Spork? it? Oh a Sonic Spork. Yes, I'm going to see it. Oh my oh, god, that's, that, that is, is cool. actually good quality. That's, that's actually quality cool. Have you got Secret Santa at work? If that's someone... <laughs> I'm quite jealous, I actually want that. It's quite constructed. It's quite rugged. Does it make any noises? noises? It's kind of pointless, no, but... No noises. You have, you have to make your own noises. Oh. Oh! A DC Comics <laughs> bod chill. <laughs> what is it? Vinyl figure. Cut to the ball. In a nice little tin feeder drawer. Yeah. And bombshell. the last item in this box, which was five out, I think we've done quite well at yeah, this point, right. is a Doctor Who collector's construction figure of somebody who I have no clue who he Wait, is. Wait, that's a Solarian. Yes, um, I can't remember her character name, but she's not. Sorry. And she wasn't Series 1. They put Series 1 on Well, that's probably the, that's the, the Series oh, 1 of the Oh, and that's the run of the figures, yeah. No, it's uh, Madame Vastra. Can, is it like Madame Vastra or is it the other one? It's the one from the two-parter. Or is it box? I think it is Madam Vasco. Yes. Second box? Yes. No, yeah, paint, no painting or gluing required. Uh, Beebles. Second Sorry. box. Princess pa- Oh, wait, it is really Pack of deck, deck of Princess playing cards. Oh, okay. <gasps> they look cool. Can I, can I open those and have a look at the art? Can I just point out, As out of wish. that bombshell thing you gave me, yes. I actually got Wonder Woman out of it as well. Oh, <laughs> wow. Marvel shoelaces. Pointless. No. Utterly pointless. Oh. Mate, good for your confidence. Well, I even wear cowboy boots, so it's not going to be good for me. I mean, I wear... Co- oh, mate, yeah, you take them. Ooh, Captain Ooh. Scarlet. Quite nice. 
That's the angriest looking Captain yeah, Scarlet I've ever seen. Alright, to go through the list of people on this, we've got Judge Dredd, Hellboy, Captain Scarlet, and a mystery figure. Bit of a random collection. Just a few question marks, maybe it's the giant from Twin Peaks, if anybody gets that reference. And yeah. the last one. I get, I get it. And the last one, which will become Geeky Brummy's Diary Book of the Year. Oh, that's nice. And a nice Marvel yeah. paperback book. Hard, hard I mean, covered A5 notepad. I think we did pretty well actually yeah. out here. I feel like this is like the Zoella calendar. A lot of the stuff probably would have got cheaper. Yeah, but I think for 10 quid for the lot we've got. Yeah, I've yeah. yeah. oh, taken my way with anything, so I'm annoyed. Oh, I, I said, yeah, to put it in reference, like the, these uh, bombshell figures that George collects, they are about 10 or anyway, so. Yeah, that's yeah. good value. Alright, so, MC and Birmingham, how do we feel as an event? Thumbs up for me. Yeah, it, it, it was a good event. It's a hell of a lot busier than it usually is on a, in a November, so always always good to see. Keith? It was a good event. Def, definitely worth a, a, a trip. Callum? Yeah, definitely be going again next time in yep. March, is it? Yeah, I really, yeah I re- March 2018. Next. I really enjoyed it, Phil, did you? You could have come along. Yeah, there was refused. nothing stopping you guys coming. You just oh, no, I, was, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it was great. I was busy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't forget to keep an eye on the Geeky Brummy YouTube channel, as we'll be putting up some footage also. As we're now in the run-up to the festive season, I thought we'd give a bit of a gift guide choice from the team. So this time it's going to be Phil, George and Dave. And what they're going to do is pick three items each, one under the price of £10, one under the price of £100, and what their ultimate geeky gift would be. Starting off, George. Mine are all on a bit of a theme, which will shock no one. Um, For my under a tenner, the rock candy figures, um, I believe they're made by the same group who made the pop vinyls, but they're less alarmingly giant-headed. They're actually very cute, and they do a whole selection of really awesome super heroines. Uh, My favourite, obviously, is Wonder Woman, but they did a range of the bombshell versions, um, there's a really great Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Batgirl, they're all very cool. Um, most of them originally began as over a tenner, but I find at the moment for some reason they're always on really good deals, so you can usually get two for around about 12 quid, so I'm going to decide that that counts. So those. Under 100, um, Mattel have released a incredible Wonder Woman Barbie. It sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but believe me it's awesome. Is it in like the Barbie scale? Yeah, so it's, but it, it's it's hard to express quite how brilliant this is. But yeah, she has a full range of accessories, as one would expect from a Barbie. So if you have kids that you want to buy a nerdy gift for, and rather than buy a Barbie that's going to teach her to worry about the size of her thighs, buy her a Barbie that's going to teach her to kick ass, and it's going to be amazing. Cool. My ultimate geeky gift is the Wonder Woman from Hot Toys. Cause how much? Too much. I might have to sell Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I believe at last look. I'm sure about... he's got some gun down you can get rid of. Yeah, I'm saying, I think I think at the moment the Hot Toys Wonder Woman stuff's going for about two fifty, two sixty. But they're beautiful, and I need one in my life. What scale are these? Mm, uh, what are they? The um, Hot Toy ones. Well, uh, one sixth scale, so yeah. about about twelve inches. Awesome, Phil. Um, so mine are on a, a bit of a theme as well, um, because because I always love getting books for Christmas. Um, and so um, for under £10, I think, at the moment you can get it for under a tenner, it's um, a hardback, perfect stocking filler, The Book of Dust by Philip Pullman. Um, so it's a prequel to his Dark Materials where you learn the origins of um, Baby Lyra um, in this fantastic alternative um, Oxford with magic and demons, and it's um, just wonderfully written and um, 
I believe there's an audio version read by Simon Russell Beale, if that mm-hmm. floats your boat. Um, for under £100, um, again, so this is something I've been converted to this year, so I, I, and I'm a complete advocate for them now, um, is e-readers. So, um, Kindle Paperwhite, you can read your favourite books and all comics. Um, if, you, if you're, you know, more of a, a, a digital comic reader. Um, and then my ultimate geeky gift, um, I'm, I'm just going to go completely um, left of field here. I've decided I would like a Shetland pony. <laughs> is this to, like, travel around town, as we know the current public transport system is wrong? Yeah, I just, I mean, just really, not for any practical reason. I couldn't ride it. I'm six foot one. It would look absurd. But just, <laughs> just to kind of, you, you know, scoot your feet as, a, as a, a conversation piece. Have you met Sebastian? <laughs> little Sebastian. Little Sebastian. Um, Always in my heart. Bye, bye, little Sebastian. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel that, um, and, and whether I, I feel I, I could get it into like restaurants with me by saying it's my emotional support animal. <laughs> I, I would have it on, on flights with me as well. Dave. Yeah, right. So for me, for the under the ten pound thing, I'm actually going to go for a gift that I might actually get Phil. It's a selfie phone clip. Which is a, a wide-angle lens. Oh, my God. So even your ridiculously long arms, every now and again, the self, there's too many people to try and get in the selfie. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Fa- 4 99 <sighs> I need it. Yeah. Um, for for under, under 100, um, the FX123 quadcopter from menkind.co.uk is currently um, 99 so it, it counts. Um, yeah. Is that the Star Wars you want? No, no, it's like it look. It looks very similar, to sort of the the, the the DJIs and all that sort of thing. But yeah, built built in camera, uh, remote control from your phone, built in Wi Fi, all you know, all, all the gubbins that you want. And I mean, let's let's be honest, who doesn't love playing with drones? And then, <laughs> well, maybe it's just me that enjoys that then. Oh, um, and then uh, money no object, which is something Ryan and I both spotted at MCM, and I'd love to get it, but could never justify it. Um, the one one at sixty, per, uh, perfect grade unicorn Gundam, just because it is huge. We had to basically build. drag you away from that stall yeah. multiple times. Uh, to be fair, I wasn't as bad as I usually am. But <laughs> but yeah, like I say, I, I love Gundam kits anyway. Just again, kind of makes sense given that I'm an engineer. Um, but yeah, like I say, this this thing is about a foot and a half tall, yeah. and yeah, every everything moves, everything lights up, and yeah, it's just it's incredible. It's an incredible build. Cool. Best and worst Christmas presents you've ever received between the three of them. Oh, um, there. I, I think there. Are, there's been a few occasions where I basically I've been given a gift by someone who just clearly doesn't know me or get me, and I I, I I'd rather just not bother. I'd rather get nothing than a sort of you know token piece of rubbish um so i once got a family guy lunchbox that was full of <laughs> haribo so the haribo were nice but then i had this family guy like tin lunchbox with brian griffin on it and i was just like well, why i've never oh and and that i think that same person the next year got me the family guy road brian and stewie's road to the north pole dvd <laughs> and it's like why i've never said i like family guy <laughs> It's just assumed that you like this franchise because yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, a male of a certain age. I think that that's what I'm into. It's just like if you don't know, 
just don't bother. I, I'd rather Get you save card. that five quid you spent and just literally don't give me anything. Just just get me a card. Starbucks gift card. I mean, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, 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 so it's 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 anything where it's just um, they've clearly just gone to Tesco and swiped round the the sort of festive gift section. Be like, oh, that'll do for that person. And if there's no real thought or knowledge that's gone to it, yeah, I'd just rather you would just not bother. Give me a bottle of wine. Best present. Um, so, ooh, oh gosh. Um, I mean, I'm spoiled. I'm, I really am spoiled. I, I, so I, I, I get some very, very nice things. Um, I think... Oh, I don't know. Come back to me. I don't know. <laughs> George, best and worst Christmas present. I might say, Phil, I think the worst are people who have tried but have also not tried at the same time. Usually it's, you get stuff like that in when they do Secret Santa at work. Because oh, yeah. It really goes in for Secret Santa and it's really irritating. I'd almost rather they didn't bother. Um, last year they decided that we should all write, because we're quite a big team, we should all write a list of things that we did and didn't like. So if somebody got your name and they didn't know you that well, they had some guidance. And the only thing I said that I didn't want was mugs, because when you're a geek, people just buy you a geeky mug. And we literally can't shut our kitchen cupboards anymore. (laughs) So what did I get? I got a mug. I have six mugs at work. Six. Yeah, I I don't need six. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, the thought was there, but also (laughs) really not at the same time. Um, Best, I am torn between the Christmas as a kid where I got a Barbie dream house, that's pretty amazing, or. Last year, where Dave's lovely parents bought me an espresso coffee machine, which may be the best thing I've ever owned. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Dave? Um, I think worst, I mean, it's not, not so much the individual thing, because like, let's be honest, every guy gets the usual sort of links, gift set, you know, oh my God, the body yeah. spray and yeah. the shower gel and a, a, usually a, a loofer or whatever it is. You, you'll get those for eternity. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like I say, like, I'd, like I say, one, like, one or two of them, I don't mind, but Four of the exact same one. <laughs> Links Africa by any chance? Yes. It's always Africa. It's yeah. never really good. It's the, it's the timeless one. It's, it's yeah, the classic. Like I say, I, I, I don't mind Links. I don't mind Links Africa. But four of the exact same one seems excessive. Yeah, I mean, I, I always get those sort of, you know, the, the body wash sets. And it's just nice to know that yeah. I'm not going to have to bother buying, you know, any kind of shower products for the all of January. <laughs> I might yeah. smell like a teenage boy for all of January, <laughs> but at least I've got it. So this yeah. is the thing, my birthday is 11th of June, so I get a restock midway for the year. It's <laughs> 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 one good thing about having the birthday in the middle of the year. It splits things out nicely, so you get a restock halfway through. Mm. And I think best, I'm torn between either the uh, Dark Empire um, co- uh, cover-up by Dave Dawn that I've got, that's um, framed on my wall, that... Our good friend Nick Marshall got got me last year. Um, either that or the Christmas where I received my uh, my own American football pads and helmet from my parents, so I didn't have to use the grubby, much used, much badly repaired um, pads from the Ameri- from the university when I play for them. Ooh. Which yeah, smart a bit fusty. No, that th- this was a whole level of f- different fustiness. <laughs> I remember what your best gift ever was. Uh, yeah, I, I can remember. I was, I think, fourteen or fifteen, and I got my, my my mother got me the leather jacket that I'd wanted for about six months, and I wore it until I was in my late twenties. I just loved it, and and it grew so soft and supple because I wore it literally every day, <laughs> and it was just it was one of my favourite things. Still wear it now. 
Um, no, it was buried in the back of my wardrobe somewhere. I think I might. I, I, I just. I was, I was just thinking about it. I was like, I hope I still have it. I kind of want to dig it out again. Why? It's rubbish. Our occasional look at what things have made us angry in the week. Phil, starting you off. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I've had a Dead good air. week. I, I, I can't think of anything that's made me angry. I know that that's really not helpful, but sorry, I'm just too happy right now. Ugh. <laughs> how, do, how, how could you be happy? Like, ugh. I mean, like, I mean honestly, Callan, you should try being me. It's pretty great. <laughs> Keith? Comics on newsstands. Um, just, just, it's more a disappointment than anything else. It's the fact that nowadays, if you go into a news agent or a supermarket, the kind of only comics they've got for younger readers are just um, franchised magazines for whatever's popular now, whether it be Paw Patrol or Bertha or whatever it is, with a bit of plastic tat on the front, Bertha. a few quizzes and a colouring <laughs> book. Um, there's no real kind of like proper comics content, you know, buried away somewhere in probably the adult section will be some of the kind of DC reprints or whatever it is. But I'd like to see a bit more kind of things like the Phoenix, which is subscription only. But seeing that kind of stuff, you know, the fact Dandy and Beano went digital or collapsed completely. I'd just like to see a few more kind of real comics, something proper readers can, can get into on the newsstands where it's easy for kids to go. Like comic shops are great, but... It's not the kind of thing that you you know your kids are going to be able to get too easily. When you so. say Phoenix, you don't mean the like X Men story arc from like. No, no, no. This is uh, a uh, an anthology series, um, comic that came out a couple of years ago, which is doing great guns on a subscription service. Um, but it's occasionally available in in some news agents or whatever. But it's very few and far between. I'd just like to see a few more comics on on newspaper shelves, news newsstands. Dave, why is something rubbish to you? Um. Yeah, just generally the bizarre neighbours we have across the street. I, 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 I managed to fill. I filled you guys in on the uh, the craziness that went on in our group chat. But can you, can um, you give us a brief outline? Yeah, brief yeah. outline for the people listening. Ba- basically, a few weeks ago, these two um, families that li- live on the street opposite our office um, decided to pile all of the furniture from one of their houses on the front garden. Which was bizarre, but okay. Then maybe they're having a really good deep vacuum. Maybe. Well, no, no. It, it, this was. It gets weirder. Um, then they decided to take all the furniture around the back of one of their houses and burn it. Bear in mind, these are stuff like leather-bound sofas and also, so all the cars are covered in crap now from burning <laughs> it. Um, fire, en- uh, you know, the little mini fire engine that's just a converted Land Rover turns up and puts the fire out and gives them a telling off. Um, subsequent to this, we seem to have have had some major falling out, and you know, there's now we had a, we had an incident where one of the women was out raking up raking up leaves and all sort in the garden. Saw spotted the other family down the street, started brandishing her rake like a spear, then snapped it over her knee three times and threw the pieces at them. Completely missed and managed to peg it off everybody's car instead, which was a really annoying experience. Um, all the while, her husband was just stood there, and I'm—I'm I'm not. I, words cannot describe the look of abject misery on this man's face. It was—it was, it was lit, literally. I—I I can only put it close to. Why? Why did I marry this woman? What was I thinking? I feel for the guy. George. This might be a controversial one, but if one more person calls me Mrs. Whitney to be, I'm going to scream. <laughs> 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 People may remember. 
remember that Dave and I got engaged not so long ago, which is obviously a brilliant thing. However, I am very sick of the fact that for a lot of people that seems to be my entire identity now. Um, I'm already somebody who really hates being David George as some sort of mushed one human, which for some reason happens a lot. Um, guest identity. Yes. Um, yeah, it would be nice if people remembered I exist separately and would like to talk to me about things other than table arrangements. I would really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Mrs. Whitney's a B. No, 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 no. I have a name. Please use it. Yeah, and equally, that's not the way we're going anyway. Uh, well, so. gonna, what was yeah, your name again? Change my name anyway. Don't use stars. <laughs> Don't stars. Guy. Uh, Six forty-seven a.m. That's very specific. <laughs> Every day for the past week, for some apparent reason, when I've got I've gotten up, I've looked at my clock. Six forty-seven. I mean, literally, this has been for five or six days running. 6.47am, every day I'm waking up. My alarm's due to go off at like 10 past 7, but for some that's... reason I just keep waking up at 6.47am. I mean, I'm that's not... so bad that you wake up like 23 minutes early. That's like... Yeah, it is, Callum, because I, you know, I have to work an eight-hour day, and oh. I'm, tired, oh. I'm a tired bear, <laughs> no, and nobody, I need my sleep. Nobody else ever does this eight-hour work day, only you guys. Well, Phil does the unique student. Actually, this week, I've been getting up like at eight o'clock every morning, and it's really hard. <laughs> Six. I, I've had to reward myself with a prep breakfast sandwich like every day for getting up and out of the house before nine. Six. There's nothing worse than waking up and watching your alarm go off. Then. Yeah. It's like oh, you've I know. robbed me of these just, few minutes of peace. Yeah. Sorry, just on a slightly bizarre note, it's, it's, I'm kind of concerned that that's the time you wake up because that's also the time I usually leave the house. On the morning, so I'm, maybe I'm, I'm you're psychically linked. Oh, maybe it's like Groundhog Day, six forty-seven every day. It's killing me. I'm sick of it. It's like it's like I've slipped into a void of like, oh, just I say, oh, I'd hate it. Six forty-seven. Is it just you wit your body telling you that you need to get up and have a week? What there is that, but it's just why is it six forty-seven every day? It's six forty-seven a.m. It's not like it's six forty-eight or six forty-seven. Yes, you know you're in a routine. I have a task for you for next week. I want you to move your alarm clock one minute further on and see if you still wake up at 6.47. I probably will. I think I'm stuck now in the, the, the abyss of 6.47 for the rest of my life. So that's what's rubbish for me this week. 6.47am. 6.47 does make it sound like you're in, in a Stephen King mo- uh, film. Yeah. And this is not going to end well for you in, over the course of the next few weeks. Callum? <laughs> Um, mine's actually another time-related one, quite funnily. Um, my one is opening, like opening and closing hours. Okay, like I keep having this thing of like I'm a busy student. Okay, so <coughs> that is an oxymoron. <laughs> it's not. Anyway, when you, when you get to second and third year, you have a lot of work to do, and so sometimes you work a bit late into the night. Okay. So, so 4pm. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm doing some work and it gets to something like 5 past 10. Okay, and I, and it's like, it's not that late. And I realise I've run out of bread. So I want to go down to the shop and get some bread and make myself a sandwich. But the shop's not open. Okay, and so it's just like, nowhere near me is open at that time. So I can't go and get some bread. Just the... Basic, simple stuff. Poor you, Callum. Poor you. You know what that means? Planning. I don't have time to plan, okay? Like, planning <laughs> is difficult. <laughs> planning is difficult, and, like, I can be impulsive, and then suddenly I'm, like... Impulsive for a loaf of bread. <laughs> yes. Like... You're wild. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... 
If you were gluten intolerant, that might be a bit wild. <laughs> yeah, keep we're looking at you, mate. <laughs> Crack it. What have I done? Show us the rubbish thing. I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> why, why is rubbish guy getting it wrong? Ron, what's rubbish you? I thought we'd be I'm, I'm going to take a week's rest, and instead, I'm going to hand over to the voice of Ash Ketchum herself, Veronica Taylor. Pokeballs don't always behave the way they're supposed to. Uh, you know, I was uh, trying to get my Pokeball off my belt, and it got stuck, and sometimes it gets stuck like that, and... Oh, man, that's a nuisance. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to fix it. I'm kind of going to call Professor Oak, I guess, and uh, hopefully he can fix it before I go back out on the road. So that's why things are rubbish for us this week. Let's recap. Keith? Lack of decent comics on the newsstands and in supermarkets. Phil's taking a week out. Dave? Neighbours with very poor aim. <laughs> George? People talking to me about table arrangements. No. Guy? 6.47am. Callum? Uh, supermarkets, opening hours, uni open hours, opening hours everywhere. Nowhere being open at night. And Veronica's had a bit of an issue with the Pokeballs. Thanks for listening to the Geeky Barami Show this week. Phil, where can you find us online? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search Geeky Barami. We're also on JDate, Tinder, Snapchat, uh, Daily Motion, uh, Plenty of Fish, uh, Reddit, Rotten.com, Hot or Not. I'm the Jingle. Channel 654. LinkedIn. RedTube. And <laughs> um, we know what comes in spare time. X hamster. Keith, where can we find you online? Uh, if you search around for Hardlock Hotel and anything that's not Camp Ducula, it's probably me. Guy, where can we find you? Vana Guy H Instagram, mixcloud.com slash curiosity Dave, where can we find you? Uh, Aces Nama on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, Facebook and Instagram. And at dwit3187 on Twitter. Callum. Do you remember your email? Your <laughs> My handle? email. I'm not giving that out. D a y n e s radio. Uh, on Twitter. And D I O. George, where can we find you? You can find me on caramelattekiss.com and then caramelattekiss pretty much wherever there are social medias. One L on, tw- on Twitter, two everywhere else. Or you can find my sailor podcast at mutant underscore frenemy. Is that like sailor as in like sailors at sea sort of? Sailor? 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 Solo. Oh, Solo. What is he on about? I thought he said Sailor. I now want a Joss Whedon Sailor podcast. (laughs) Joss Whedon Sailor podcast. Joss Whedon does pirates. Well, he does space pirates. They're cowboys. Anyway, you can find me... Uh, Instagang a war between bearded men. (laughs) At Ryan Parrish on Twitter. And you can find my food blog at Brobby Gourmand. And you can find us all, as we said earlier, on YouTubes, Twitters, Facebooks, and Instagrams at geekybrummy.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends about us. And just drop us an email at hello at geekybrummy if you want to let us know stuff that's happening and you want us to get involved with. That's pretty much it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you'd like to join our listener supporters, please join us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.